of Brick by Brick. I am your host uh, for the foreseeable future. I'm Emily Verbecki, and today we are recording from Pure Albion in the Office Albion, right in the heart of downtown Albion. And today we have a, a guest who is her own small business owner of Don B & Co. Danisha Brewer. She also wears a lot of other hats in and around town, things that she does, which is pretty typical of almost any small business owner and, and young adult who is actively engaged in their community and uh, a part of the civic culture um, in a community. So I think that all the things that she's working on are pretty representative of, of people who, like herself who are really working on a variety of projects. So we are excited that you had time in your schedule um, to come in and have a conversation with us and share things that you're working on. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So before we kind of talk about things that you're working on, tell us a little bit about your Albion story. Where does it start? Has it has it always been in Albion or, or did you move to Albion at some point? What's your Albion story? So I was born and raised in Albion, technically born in Marshall, raised in Albion, mm -hmm. um, with a family uh, who was definitely involved in the community as much as they could be but definitely exposed me, uh, well, allowed me to be exposed to different things that were happening in the city and out of the city. So, grew up in the 4-H uh, program with Sherry Grice. Also grew up doing Youth Advisory Committee. I think Michelle Mueller was um, kind of overseeing that back in the day. <laughs> that was so long ago. <laughs> and um, so different opportunities as such allowed me to just kind of um, develop this love for the community. Also being a part of Volunteens. Um, Angie Cole, she was an American Vista mm. um, at that point through the Volunteer Center here. Um, and just that's kind of how it started. And then I just kind of grew up with the 4-H Creative and Expressive Arts Day Camp. Um, one of the first participants in that became um, a coordinator of that program. Unfortunately, I was really young. I didn't appreciate it at that point, but I'm definitely grateful for that now. And then went off to college, of course. I went to Adrian, not Albion, unfortunately. I had to get away. So went up the road a little bit and then decided to come home. Um, and I did some studying in education. So I'm working on that currently. And also uh, was here with kids and stuff for a while. Um, I loved, love, love that. So I've spent a lot of time in Albion um, and giving back to the community. I think more so focused in the area of youth, definitely. Um, so that's kind of my Albion story. I moved away again, came back, and I just can't serve another community without serving my own first. So yeah. it just never felt right not being home. Mm -hmm. And um, so I came back and thought I would try to help small businesses and nonprofits in the area of administrative work, paperwork, professional um, development, different things like that, because a lot of people have small businesses and nonprofits, um, and paperwork and office work and organization is a headache. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tedious, and when you're a small business owner, that's just the one thing that you don't really have time for. So there's a, a little bit of a need there, and then I also help out at the breweries. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that 
reminds me that my husband and I will often talk about the difference between working in your business and working on your business. And often paperwork draws you into working in the business. So Mm -hmm. I can imagine that your services and your support helps to allow small business owners to really work on their business, work on growing it, going in different directions, things that they're really passionate about. And you can provide that support um, that maybe they don't yet have enough to support somebody full-time or even part-time working on it. Um, But you can lend a hand and, and provide services at that time that's the exact idea because you pay an administrator so much more than you really could they take up your whole budget really they would Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yes important work for everybody you know to have done especially when it comes to things like taxes and they're really big important paperwork we all need to do those things but it can really take away from um, somebody a small business owner's passion sometimes that can be a thing that makes it hard for them to continue to do that work it may feel like it sucks them dry right and that's it's what happened that's the thing I love to do so wonderful so again so many different hats, um, working your own small business, then volunteering in so many different areas. And one of the areas that I know you've recently spent quite a bit of time working on, at least that's what I see from the outside, is the Albion Marshall Resilient Communities Project, um, or AMRCP. And tell us a little bit about that project. People may have seen some of the products that have come out of it, some of the finished works, um, but tell us a little bit about how that came about, where it's at now, things that you're working on. Okay, so AMRCP started a couple of years ago. Um, it was funded through Star Commonwealth with Linda Lanoue as the head point in that organization. And I know the first year they worked on just getting information out there about things that are happening in the community, definitely making sure that you are working toward Um, an equitable community. Um, During the second year, we realized that there was a need to really kind of bridge the gap between Albion and Marshall and definitely doing it inside of the schools and more so with the adults. When the um, when everything happened with the school. Mm -hmm, The annexation. uh, Yeah. Yes. we realized that it wasn't the children who were having a hard time, it was the adults. So the question became, how do we um, resolve this issue? Um, And we realized, unfortunately, a lot of it was racially charged Hmm. without it being a conscious effort. Just the lack of exposure to different minority groups, just the lack of experience, not understanding the culture, um, and even just not understanding that they come from Albion and Marshall, which in and of itself are pretty different in the mm-hmm. way of, of, the, of the culture of the community. And so there were a lot of like video series and different informational um, sessions. Nothing to say, hey, you, you're a bad person, but just take a minute, look at this, reflect on it. How does that affect you? What's the impact? What are the similarities that you see in your own life in the schools? And just helping people see on both sides of the fence, um, just kind of where we could fill in the gap and come together and just resolve these issues and, and dwell in each other's communities without having to think, oh, they're from Albion, oh, they're from Marshall. No, we, we are 12 miles apart. Um, there's no reason for us to be separated mm-hmm. as much as we are. 
how can we bridge these gaps and come together? So there is a select group of people who were chosen to just simply tell their stories, um, both from Albion and Marshall. We did a lot of workshops together. We um, broke bread together. We fellowshiped together. We really were able to build a, a true connection with one another, and so we birthed a film out of that. Mm -hmm. Again, um, Ben Reed and Tyler, I'm drawing a blank on his last name, but they did a really good job with the production. Um, Linda and Jennifer Conley, darling, and also Ian Stewart of Marshall, they all did a really good job of just selecting individuals who were okay with being vulnerable, who were okay with sharing their stories, who could see things from both sides of the fence. So that's kind of a lot of what has happened there. And, and it, it was truly amazing to see people um, just respond emotionally not realizing that they had biases or just not realizing that they were perpetuating a cycle because it had been taught. They didn't realize that it was not okay. It was just something that was. It was just a way of life and you never question it when your elders tell you that this is the way life is. Mm -hmm. And that goes, again, for Albion and Marshall. So when we were able to break down those barriers, we were um, able to really birth something really, really beautiful, and the hope and the ideas that it will spread, that people will see the film, that people will come to the events, and, and it'll spread like wildfire so that we all can um, just commune together. And these are big conversations and big ideas um, and, and ingrained habits and behaviors. So now that the, that the film's been released and it seems to be... A, a very successful event. How do you go, what are next steps? How do you go from where you're at right now in this group? Are you guys just still trying to figure out what those step, next steps are and trying to understand coming out of share, showing and sharing the film with everybody what those next steps are or do you have ideas already? The idea, I think that there's definitely room for more ideas, but right now from what I understand, the idea is to really promote um, the film, maybe add the young student's perspective, maybe add some different um, people who are not as compliant, um, just really get different extremes and maybe add that into the film and make it something larger. Another idea, we did a um, production called a Co Our Common Thread, mm -hmm. and that was with Judy Tate, who came down, and she was a writer for many, many soap operas, including Days of Our Lives, and she did a, a writing workshop with us and produced amazing production and so the idea is maybe to get that on the road and traveling and that is actually compiled of various community members stories from both again Albion and Marshall mm -hmm. um, some who are in the film and some who just came out to the event and that seemed to have touched a lot of people as well and um, so yeah just kind of getting those two things on the road but as far as individuals who see the film I think a lot of the next step would be to invite family and friends over, to go and break bread with one another, to invite, if you meet a stranger, say, hey, would you like to come over for dinner? And, you know, just really making those connections so that you can see not everyone is as different. And then even if we are, let's let's celebrate that those differences, you know? Um, if, if you wanna go over to Marshall, let's go spend time in Marshall. Let's see what they have to offer. If you're from Marshall, let's go over to Albion and see what they have to offer because that's really the only way that we're all going to be able to live amongst one another without it being such a, a barrier. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
our students are literally a part of their community. And so that means Albion is now a part of this community. Marshall is now a part of our community. So we have to figure out a way to, you know, love on one another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So why is something like the Albion Marshall Resilient Community Project, why is it so important for Albion and Marshall in the years to come? Um, you know, we're several years past the annexation. Um, do you get anybody saying like, it's time just like buck up and, and, and like get over it kind of thing? Or, or as part of this, like there is this is important work for years and years and years to come. Is, is that part of, of, of what the group is talking about in, in looking forward for? Absolutely. Definitely looking for solutions that will, like, that will help both communities for years to come. Yes. Yes. Because with an annexation, there is no going back. Mm-hmm. So our students are going to be in Marshall Marshall, it's Marshall Community um, High School. The Harrington is now part of Marshall Public Schools. I mean, we have teachers who are here from Marshall. Like we are a part of each other's community, so we have to make sure that systems are in place to help us to to make sure that we are focused on um, becoming one. Although we are two separate communities, definitely respecting that we're two different communities, but also understanding that in a sense we have become one. So um, that's really, really the idea. I think it's so important for both communities because um, there is no going back. There's only moving forward, and how, how do we move forward? We have to understand that with the high school not being open, with us not having our own school system, for a lot of people, you could say it's like having post-traumatic syndrome disorder. Like it's, it's a big shock, it's a big thing. For a lot of people in the community, it was an emotional um, time. and. And I don't think people have gotten over it because there's so many things that left the community. And then finally, it was the schools, the one thing we gathered together for football games, basketball games, you know, like that was really where the community kind of came together. And so now there's like an absence of that. So it's, it's, it's not as simple as just getting over it. It's just how do we treat this delicately? How do we make sure that we're helping people understand both sides of the story. How do we help people move forward from this point on? Yeah, it makes me think, you know, that there's part of a reason I think um, high school sports are even around is because they can be community building. They are a point that a community rallies behind. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, in Albion's loss of so many different things over time and the schools being one of the most recent ones and having that loss of something that we can rally behind, it in my mind, it makes me think that others may be having this wonder, what is the next thing that we can rally behind um, and all support um, so that we feel that connection that, and it, and it is almost like it's just human nature in some ways that you that you have competitors yeah. <laughs> um, 
and, and, and that will be, I think, forever ingrained in, in us. I mean, it's it's just a huge part of our American culture and, and culture in general to have, you know, who you sort of battle against. Um, and, and I wonder if, you know, what that will be that we can, not that we always have to be battling against something, right. but it's a, it's a connecting factor because even in the process of annexation, having an understanding from being an educator and knowing how challenging dwindling resources can be for a school system to really support the kids that they want the way that they want to support them but having been an Albion High School grad and a member of the state championship swim team thinking that there will never be another Albion state championship swim team you know made my heart hurt some thinking even in future generations like there won't be somebody to say like we were the you know after that that first state championship swim team we were the next state championship swim team and to have that sometimes camaraderie and connection so in some ways it kind of feels a little bit like maybe it's a little lost and like how are we going to find these connections with younger generations and older generations if a point of connection was the schools um and I, I have to I have to imagine that that maybe is some of some of the conversations that you guys have been hearing as people have been sharing their stories, I, that can't be any sort of brilliant idea or question that I've brought up myself, but it's it's got to be that other people may be thinking about that too. Is that something that you've heard from people? Oh, definitely, definitely. Just even visiting the school, walking through the schools, um, we did some events and just some filming and and you hear people it's just like knowing i will never walk these halls again it's just heartbreaking mm -hmm. knowing that like you said there will never be another championship team we were extremely good at sports and it's just like oh yeah you, you don't realize that until it's all mm -hmm. taken away even football and basketball i mean those are huge things here and so when we hear the stories it's like oh man wow that and that's almost like that post-traumatic experience that people are having it's, and it's gonna like you know like the pebble into the water it's going to ripple and vibrate and until there is no more but right now it's still we're still dealing with the effects of, of that boulder being dropped <laughs> into our into our water mass but I, I, I yeah I don't know it's just something that's really hard I, I know for the community and we're just gonna try and do what we can and like you said there there were dwindling resources and had people known that if you send your child to albion then that's the only way to turn this thing around um, and a lot of people didn't realize that they just wanted a better education for their child and absolutely and that's definitely understandable however if you want what's best for your community and keeping your child in this community that is what's going to help our school system turn around and now we know and and now it's just moving forward from there and trying to find, like you said, something for us to rally around. Building a sense of community once again, I think, is what we are now battling up it, up against. Um, we have a very creative community, mm -hmm. um, lots of talent here, and my 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 guess would be that we we're going to rally around something with the arts, something with um, a strong community, just supporting one another in businesses. I think that what I see for us is going to be something so much greater. Um, we're not the only community experiencing 
um, these kind of things, and we won't be, we're not the first, we won't be the last, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just what is redefining who Albion is and, and what brings us together. And I think that it would it will be in the lines of something creative, like Blues at the Balm mm -hmm. is something that's very unique. And um, Creative and Expressive Arts Day Camp with 4-H is still going strong. Um, and Walk the Beat actually donated money to Wonderful. Creative, mm. and creative and Expressive Arts to make sure that that program does keep going. Things like Walk the Beat, um, the brewery is very strong on having musical acts and guests. And Gina's, I know, is going to, I believe, do some music. I know. Well, they have monthly um, Walk the Beat concerts at, or events, performances at Gina's um, that support Walk the Beat. Um, so I know they have that. And, you know, Swinging at the Shell is another example of being able to utilize, you know, our Victory Park resources to, to have. And so some of it is is utilizing and enjoying the things that we have so that we don't lose them. We have appreciation for for the things that we do have and we take care of them and, and use those things to build and grow more and more opportunities. And you may very well be right, music and arts and um, just the, I think Albion has a, a big entrepreneurial spirit as well too. Um, it's just kind of in us to, to work our butts off and, and get things done. <laughs> Absolutely. So during your work with the Albion Marshall Resilience Community Project, you've participated in a lot of conversations in a variety of different topics. Um, as you consider and look at Albion's future, what keeps you up at night or what worries you? What, if there's a, a conversation that we haven't started yet that we should be having or, or we're afraid to or just something that you, you think, oh, I just wish that we were talking about this or working on this. What's something that keeps you up at night? There's two main things, I think, that keep me up at night. I really love this question. <laughs> first being that we have such a diverse community and making sure that everyone who is a part of this community feel as though they're a part of this community I know that there are people who don't necessarily feel as if they're included or just don't know exactly what's happening here what's going on um, I may know um, my peers may know, but I know that there's a large group who doesn't. We have a lot of businesses and um, different things coming into the city. So workforce development, making sure that the west side of the community of Albion is included in this development, making sure that when jobs are here, that the actual people in this community can take part of those jobs that are coming in um, so that we can keep the money local and also that will help our community as a whole as far as um, economics because we we tend to live in a very uh, poverty-stricken city even though you wouldn't it doesn't feel necessarily as if we do um, I think it's just because we're so resourceful mm -hmm. however um, it could be better and making sure that people understand that they can be self-sufficient and what do you need to do to be self-sufficient making sure that people understand that you can be a part of the local government and you do matter and there are things that you can do um, to, to make changes happen here that you'd like to see or just to become more involved in and individuals a lot of the time does not realize they have that um, 
and so just in workforce development again I think that's that is another that's that's one of the main things um, trainings um, and just really imparting in the people who are already in this community because it's not that they don't want it it's just a lot of these opportunities have been taken from the community and they have to find things elsewhere um, transportation is a is a big problem and so if they could take part in things that they care about in this community they can walk to work um, child care um, that that's my second thing is our children I think that's something that keeps me up because they they're waking up at five o'clock in the morning now um, if you're not in elementary school or an alternative school the opportunity school then you're waking up very early to catch a bus to go to various different schools outside of the community and then when you come back what's here for you what's available for you a lot of our students can't participate in sports um, different after-school programs because they don't have that transportation and the bus runs from this time to this time and you know by the time you get there have a snack at home and get back it's just it's way too much of a hassle mm -hmm. and with parents having to work outside of the city already these things are not feasible so making sure that there's um, child care available for the youth um, here making sure there's programs we can still have after-school programs without a school mm -hmm. we can still develop things um, centers community-based ideas creative spots and hubs for children to gather and, and build their sense of community because um, a lot of these children are going to different schools but they're all coming back to Albion right they're all neighbors <laughs> right so it's like what um, what can we do to make sure that they're being taken care of and also develop to be the next ones in line to run businesses, to um, explore um, different creative options. Um, we don't have dance studios. We don't have these things. So it's like, what can we do here to, to expose our children to whatever it is that they would like to do, even um, the unimaginable, because there may be studios in the next city over but how are they going to get there mm -hmm. how are they going to um, get home how are they going to pay for the costumes and or the shoes that they may need for different sports or just all those different things it's like that that big one is how do we find solutions for the youth and then how do we um, develop community um, workforce training and development so so those are the, the big things that weigh on your mind. Yeah. It sounds like a lot, but it's doable. But I think that's a consistent message that I've heard in the conversations that I've had so far. Um, I, I think we all, and I shouldn't say we all, I think um, a lot of people that I've had conversations with have mentioned that workforce development um, and childcare and having places and opportunities, activities for, for youth to participate in. And, and those are those things that I think we potentially can rally around mm -hmm. and say, we do have common goals. We do have shared concerns. How do we creatively go about these different things when we often kind of focus on how we differ right. and, and how we differ on opinions? But we, I think we all have these end game goals in mind, um, strong workforce, quality childcare for kids from birth to 18, you know, those kinds of activities. We all have those, those same wants, you know, we're all, we're parents, we're grandparents, we're, you know, aunts and uncles and it's all, it's, we have a lot of commonalities with that. So yes. I see Albion, the boom, you know, people say the city was booming. Mm -hmm. I, I see the boom will return. It's just, 
making sure all people are included and that we're ready for um, to sustain the big boom <laughs> for years to come. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that we don't sort of get ourselves into another situation similar, you know, over the that we've had over the past eight, 10, 12 years that we are constantly thinking about what's in our blind spot that we don't know yet and in challenging each other to think and not that we have to be not a Debbie Downer or, or paranoid about it, but just knowing that that's a part of a strong community is just to say, you know, even when a boom, if a boom comes back, that we don't sit and just relish in it, that we figure out what can we be doing better in continuing to work on it because there will always be things that we can do better. I agree. I agree. Awesome. Oh, it's so nice to get agreed with. No. <laughs> All right. So kind of last question that I ask everybody is people will certainly see you around town working and doing your volunteer work and all of the different organizations that you're a part of. But when you are not working and volunteering in those kinds of things, what else might somebody bump into you doing? What What do you enjoy doing outside of those things? They may see me at the nature center. They will definitely see me with my dog. <laughs> um, they may see me somewhere singing or reading a book. Um, I like to tell people that I'm, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> because I like to do the things most people find boring, which is okay with me. I like peace. Um, I love to be in a park, and I love to be next to water. So if someone wants to see me, that's probably where... Where they'll end up finding you. Well, and it's a good thing we have quite a bit of water around here, too. (laughs) And we like it the most when it doesn't come out of the sky all the time. We like to watch it flowing by in the rivers. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate a good rain sometimes. Mm -hmm. Very cleansing. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, again, thank you so much, Janisha, for for coming and sharing uh, your thoughts, the things you're working on. Uh, It's all outstanding work. The community is lucky to have you be somebody who who left Albion, but had that that experience of the distance makes the heart grow fonder. And you came back and and love Albion through and through. Every community needs somebody like you um, who is doing all that great work. So thank you so much for coming and sharing what you're working on. You're welcome. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode of Brick by Brick featuring our special guest, Danisha Brewer. It's great to get her insight on the Albion Marshall Resilient Communities Project. You can hear more great things about Albion by subscribing to our Brick by Brick podcast on iTunes by listening to our episodes at soundcloud.com or directly on our website at downtownalbion.com forward slash brick by brick. And please let us know if you or someone you know would like to be on our show. We love your feedback. Until next time, we'll see you around town.